When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. Ben, we've got a uh, topic today that um, this is, boy, we've talked about this in bits and pieces over the years. I know we have. I like um, that you said bits and pieces. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best way to say it. But we've, we've, we've covered this topic kind of in a roundabout way. But there's a new development in the world of carbon fiber that I think we need to talk about. And it's not entirely new, but this one product that we're talking about, this very specific product that we're talking about, is all new. So let's just jump right into it and, uh, and tell the people what we're talking about today. Ah, uh, yes. We are talking about carbon fiber wheels. Yeah, but this is where I, this is where the little caveat comes in here because there have been carbon fiber wheels around for a while. Mm-hmm. Motorcycles use them. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, there have been motorcycle wheels. They're like, you know, 3500 bucks each or something. They're very expensive. Um, but the difference between this, the, these are automobile wheels that we're talking about mm-hmm. and they're single piece carbon right. fiber wheels. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because that is by far the biggest difference between the wheels made by this company, which is called Carbon Revolution, mm-hmm. and uh, the wheels that you will see made by other high-end companies. We're not saying that the other types of uh, multiple-piece wheels are bad necessarily. We're just saying that these are great. Yeah, these are these are a single piece. They're formed, created that way. As you can imagine, they're pretty expensive. We'll get into the cost and you right. know, how they're made and everything in just a moment. But by the way, that's a clever name, Carbon Revolution, for mm-hmm. a, a company that's making wheels. By the way, yeah. I think it's uh, it's interesting. It works on a couple of different levels. Now, again, these are the world's first one piece carbon fiber wheels, and uh, and what makes these so? I guess well, first the single piece thing, but what makes them so um, valuable? I guess to somebody who's uh, you know, in motorsports or, you know, race team, someone has an exotic car maybe, sure. um, is that these are tremendous weight savings over um, even equivalent aluminum wheels. Right, yeah. The wheels made by Carbon Revolution weigh between 15.5 and 18.4 pounds. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, 
that's still up to 15 pounds lighter than aluminum wheels. Yeah, of the similar, you know, shape, size, design, mm-hmm. etc. So you're talking about a weight savings of something like 40 to 50 percent over the equivalent aluminum wheels uh, for, you know, a racing. And as you know, aluminum wheels can be pretty expensive as, expensive as well. Sure. Um, you know, they also have uh, magnesium wheels that we'll talk about and titanium wheels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that all these different exotic materials, but the, the, price, the price goes way, way up when you start getting into these exotic materials. And the weight, as we'll find out, is still, I mean, we just mentioned, I guess, that mm-hmm. uh, the weight is, is still significantly lower for the carbon fiber rims. Oh, uh, Scott. Yes. Before we go on, we should do a uh, a real quick just a recap of what carbon fiber is. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. you know. What? So everybody knows. Yeah, sure. Um, well, of course, it's uh, you know, just give me one second. Here sure. Oh, I've, I've got something here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, carbon fiber reinforced plastic. It's a super strong, lightweight material. It's becoming the darling of the engineering world, right? Because uh, the given weight of the material is uh, at least three times stronger and stiffer than steel, aluminum, or titanium. And what that means is that if you have maybe one pound of carbon fiber and one pound of steel, aluminum, or titanium, carbon fiber is going to outperform those in terms of durability. So essentially, all it is, it's it's a huge mass of very thin strands of carbon. And when we say thin, you know, I mean super, super thin. Really thin, like thinner than a human hair thin. Exactly, exactly. And so they're bunched together in a carbon fiber toe, and then from this... They begin to mold and create pieces. Uh, when we talk about carbon fiber on this show, we're talking about we often talk about pieces of you know body body work, right? Mm-hmm. Body panels, yeah, big big panels, right? Mm-hmm. Or or um, it could be even small trim work, you know, that's inside the vehicle or outside the vehicle. A lot of times, it's just decorative stuff. Um, I know the panels, you know, serve a purpose. They've got uh, you know weight reduction and mm-hmm. strength, and you know they increase strength and you know rigidity of the frame or whatever. But um, you know, we we should get back to the material itself. I mean, the the yeah. each of these toes that you mentioned, um, each toe can have anywhere between two thousand and fifty thousand individual fibers in that bunch. And then the toe material um, is then, you know, woven or stitched together to create these different fiber or like carbon fiber cloth materials, which is what we're familiar with, really. We see right. it, we typically see it or think of it as a cloth. We don't think of it as a, a strand of fiber, like uh, like a fishing line or something like that, right? Yeah, that's a very good point. And again, again, each one of those, you know, fishing lines that we're talking about is really just an, an enormous amount of these uh, these fibers bound together already. So, you know, there's there's fiber laid upon fiber upon, upon you know more fiber to create a single a single piece of um of, of uh, i guess well one fiber really <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and, one uh, toe right yeah yeah toe that's what I, i'm trying to think of the word toe so and then those are woven into a cloth and then the cloth as you know has that distinctive pattern that we always see that kind of mm-hmm. that checked pattern um and we talked about that in the rolls royce episode as well with the uh, the red carbon fiber so you can imagine that you know the process is even more difficult to do that but um and there's a step in between you know when they make this cloth cloth, a lot of times they will, uh, you know, the, the curing resins or the, uh, you know, the uh, the material that binds it all together. And that's what really turns it into the carbon fiber reinforced plastic that you mentioned. Right, the resin. Um, exactly. It doesn't have a hard shape. It's more of a, it's it's truly a flexible cloth at that mm-hmm. point. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different curing processes and there's a, there's a, a very complicated way to make uh, carbon fiber. And that's, and that's really, that gets to why it's so expensive. I mean. Yeah, you, I'm glad you said that because. Riddle me this, if, if you ran across this too, Scott, uh, did you see 
on the Carbon Revolutions information page uh, and their reviews. Did you see how long it takes them to make a tire or I, how many tires they make per day? I did see how many they make per day. Now, this will shock some people. Do you want to go ahead and hit them with the numbers? Because it's it's relatively low. It's like four. Yeah, they can make, at this time, right now, current technology, they can only make four of these each day. And uh, that, I mean, for a factory to output that kind of production, you know, four wheels each day, that that's not a whole lot right now. And they do plan to scale this up. Now, we know that that is common when you see a, a startup of any sort. And this company, based in Australia, uh, has been making some big waves but they've got a they've got a history here. This uh, this technology did not just come out of the blue. No, it didn't. In fact, uh, it, it it kind of derived itself from from this competition. Now, if anybody's seen the Formula SAE competition, there's a of a project, you know, like a, it almost looks like go karts that they run in the parking lots of of large stadiums and mm-hmm. places like that, you know, at the mall or wherever. But they hold these big competitions where they uh, they they have. You know, certain rules that, you know, these vehicles have to adhere to and, you know, they, they try to match against other, uh, divisions teams. You know, like you may have, uh, Ford that comes out with a team and Chrysler mm-hmm. comes out with a team and, you know, all these other different engineering companies that will, that will, you know, enter this competition. Well, there was one that was happening at the University of Australia in 2004. And again, yeah, that's a lot of, it's, it's a very academic exercise in that you know, sure. they, they learn a lot at these, at these competitions. So there's a lot of, uh, college teams there as well. And, um, now the the the, uh, the specific team that we're talking about um, it, it was composed of well a lot of people but um, Ashley Denmead uh, was a design who's now the design director at Carbon Revolution was one of the people on the team in 2004 and uh, after the team uh, decided to make its own carbon fiber fiber wheels which was pretty innovative at the time I'm sure mm-hmm. um, the uh, uh, faculty advisor. Saw the potential for this this whole idea that you know that like maybe these could be applied to racing cars, these could be applied to exotic cars, you know what have you. Right. Um, so after grad and said you know this is a good idea, let's do something with this. So after graduation, the entire team came back together to start a company, and uh, and that's what turned it into this kind of commercial venture here. You know this uh, this carbon revolution, and it took a few years. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a seven year you know journey trip that they took here to get this to actually work, um, but. I mean, it is a very successful company as of now. They're already producing wheels that we talked about. It's only four a day, but they are building them and they are making money because it's an expensive product, right? Yeah, I guess we should go ahead and let the badger out of the barrel, as it were. Uh, a comparable set of aluminum tires hmm. would cost $8,000, which is pretty amazingly pricey. If that gives you an idea. I mean, and remember we talked about the weight. You're talking about something that could be up, you know, 40 to 50% heavier than the carbon fiber tires, right? Or the right, we- exactly. wheels, rather. Yeah. So what's the, uh, what's the price of the carbon fiber wheels? Oh, well, it's $15,000. $15,000 for a set of four right now. Mm. And, uh, you know, that they are making them for certain, you know, just some select vehicles in certain select regions. Right. So, you know, within Europe, Japan, North America, you can mm. buy these for, um, let's see if you have a Porsche, if you have a BMW M3, mm-hmm. an Audi R8, Lamborghini, you know, the, the new McLaren, the MP412C that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, so you get the idea that these are, these are really high end, uh, wheels right now, and they cost quite a bit of money, and they're not, you know, something to uh, be taken very lightly. But I guess maybe on some of these other cars, you know, it's kind of a uh, drop in the bucket. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you already own a McLaren, 
I don't know if you're and I'm making an assumption here, Scott, but I don't know if you're the kind of driver who's going to freak out over $15,000. Yeah, you know, you got to look at it as a proportion, like, you know, how much people make, how much they spend on, on mm-hmm. each thing. And, mm-hmm. and $15,000 for these, uh, for the set of four wheels, you know, might not even make somebody flinch. Uh, to me, I just can't imagine doing that, of course, but, uh, but that's the kind of type of vehicle I drive. I don't, I don't have any exotic like that or a race car because that's the other application. And there's, uh, you know, I, I do want to get to, Man, I've got I've got some stuff I want to get to the applications because there's several of them. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there, I want to I want to talk about why carbon fiber is so expensive. But first, I think maybe we should stop for an ad. How about that? Yeah, let's stop for a brief commercial break. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right. So we were talking about um, carbon fiber and, you know, kind of the, the I guess, the priciness of these things. You know, that they're, mm-hmm. uh, they're fairly expensive right now. Which means um, they're mainly used in supercars and race cars. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, and the reason that it's so expensive. Now, we've, we've talked about carbon fiber in the past and how difficult it is to make. And, you know, we, I know we've had little bits and pieces of this. We haven't had a full podcast on carbon fiber yet. Um, but the, the idea was that they're trying to get the production cost down by making it something they can duplicate over and over again quickly. You know, there's a, there's a, uh, I guess a, a return factor that they need to make. And, and mm-hmm. the, the price of it has to come down to something like, uh, I think the target price is somewhere around four or five dollars per pound is what they're trying to get to. And I think as, you know, the last time we talked, it was like ten or eleven dollars or right. even more yeah. per pound to create this stuff. And it's, and it's a very time consuming process. Um, but, you know, we've seen major panels being made, you know, for race cars and, and exotics and, you know, like the, the new Corvette. And mm. we've, we've talked about, uh, I think like me, I don't know if the Viper has anything like this, but there's a lot of different cars that have, you know, like a carbon fiber hood, mm-hmm. but it takes a long, long time to create that. And it's all hand formed. It's all handmade. Everything is, uh, it's really a labor intensive process. Uh, also, if we, could just interject this part in here. One thing that's tricky, w- one of the reasons this is so difficult to produce specifically is that if we remember the fiber toes we were talking about and the laying down of the strands of carbon fiber, uh, the problem is that uh, you want these fibers to orient themselves in the direction of the load. So if you're designing these things and if you're building them, then it's already a, an impossible mission because they're not all going to match up on that load path. Yeah, that's right. Now they do do a lot of testing, and sure. uh, and I promise I'm going to get back to the expense and you know why is it expensive and the applications and all that. But um, they do a lot of testing and a lot of the stuff. It looks it looks pretty severe what they do. I mean, they're dropping um, you know great big weights on these things on yeah. the on the edges, and uh, they do impact testing, they do thermal exposure testing, they do extreme loads. Um, they do high mileage testing, and they also do damage tolerance testing. Um, so there's a lot of testing that goes into these things to make sure that they're going to hold up. Because I've seen some carbon fiber wheels or, or yeah, wheels that have just disintegrated. I mean, once they get a crack or a flaw in them, they just kind of let go because they become very brittle at that point. Mm-hmm. So these things have to be really made stout. And you know that um, motorcycles are already using these, but you're talking about a considerably heavier weight with a, with an automobile. Sure. And a lot more force on these things, you know, at these kind of off-angle axis. And, you know, it's, it's just something that... Um, you know, if you hit a curb at a certain angle or a pothole or, um, you know, anything, one of those metal plates that's in the road sometimes to cover, you know, uh, construction. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that stuff, you know, if, if you hit that and you, and you do something to the, to the wheel that would normally cause a bend in a metal wheel, you know, that would, uh, give you kind of a warning, uh, uh, you know, that something's wrong, you know, that would, uh, it would feel off balance or, you know, yeah. leak air. Um, there's a chance that, you know, the, the, uh, the carbon fiber wheel is just going to, Almost disintegrate, really. Um, and that's what they're testing to, to stop that. I mean, that's what the impact testing, the thermal testing and all that, that prevents, I suppose. And going back to your earlier point, that testing is part of the cost of the wheel. Part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when we talk about, you know, this, this expensive, uh, nature of this, of this material, there's a great article and this, this article will clear up a lot of people's, uh, you know, perceptions about, you know, why, why it's expensive and, you know, what, uh, just what goes into making this stuff because it, you, you tend to think that it's an easier process than it really is. Um, there's an article in gizmodo.com from, I think her name is Rachel Swaby who wrote this. And it's, I think it's a couple of years old. So, you know, the information's not right 
right on with the dollar amounts that things cost because I think at the time this was written, it's right around ten dollars a pound uh, to create this, and they're trying to again they're trying to get to the five dollar or four dollar for standard production. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does tell you just what a pain in the rear this stuff is to create. And I mean really difficult. It's not something that somebody could do at home. And and this is where the, the weirdness comes in is that a lot of people think, you know, I could do this at home. I've seen kits that I can buy. And a lot of places will sell you the carbon fiber weave already made out, the you know, the uh, the cloth. Yeah. And they'll sell you the resins and they'll sell you whatever else you need. And you can create your own carbon fiber panels, parts, whatever you want at home um, on a you know, sort of semi-pro basis. You're not going to be able to vacuum pack them like they would in, in a major factory or anything like that. But that may give you a little bit of uh, false bravado, I guess, because <laughs> when, when you look at what goes into actually making... The, the weave, carbon fiber yeah. weave and the, and the cloth and the materials, it's very, very difficult. And, um, and, and actually the manufacturing of the stuff is where the number, you know, the, the, the cost of the stuff goes way, just right through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, th- there's this whole process that it goes through. And I, and I, I don't even think I need to read much of this, this article, but I mean, just to give you an idea, sure. it goes through two major processes just as the strands, the base material. Um, you know, that we talked about to, that goes in, that go into the toes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, an oxidization stabilization, which is a tough word to say. Yeah. And, yeah. um, this is where the, the fibers are continuously fed through 50 to 100 foot long ovens, pumping out heat in the several hundred degrees Celsius range. Wow. And it takes hours of that just to do that. Uh, huge, huge energy, massive energy eater for this process. And then there's another process that it has to go through after that called carbonization. And carbonization is a slightly higher temperature, but but they're shorter and it doesn't have to take quite as long. But these are around a thousand degrees Celsius uh, for this step. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to remove the ar- ar- acrylic from the material. Like they're trying to separate the chemicals that make up that strand right. when it initially comes to the factory. Uh, so these strands, just to, just to weave them all together, that you know, you mentioned they have to be all parallel and stretched evenly. Well, as close as possible. Yeah, they have to be exactly straight, pretty much. Um, yeah. You know, even if one little fiber is broken off in that thing, mm-hmm. which can happen, of course, you know that this this process all has to be completely uniform. Uh, if it if it breaks off, you know, then that whole piece is ruined because that's a flaw in it, and that flaw is going to I guess be the one that gives way eventually. You know, that's right. going to be the yeah. uh, uh, the chink in the armor. I guess sort of like the way that this is a terrible comparison, but similar to the way that a crack in a windshield mm-hmm. can just expand and spider web out over time. Exactly, that's right. So you know, there's this, and, and we're not even talking about like this. Uh, you know, like the thermal setting and you know all that with the different types of resins. Um, they're talking about now um, material swapping. Like they're saying that they can, they may even really get maybe able to get some material from wood instead of uh, mm-hmm. petroleum based products um, so there's they're talking about renewable carbon fiber strands which is kind of interesting um, you know the, the materials that they start with yeah that's a new um, that was a new idea to me and and you know they're talking they're also talking about um, using these uh, thermal plastic resins um, which are contrary to what they use right now which is I guess and I don't know how different this is but they mentioned a thermal set resin earlier in the article but they say that uh, thermal plastic resins um they're not ready quite yet but they could mean a 60 to 70 percent cut in cost and you know what that'll mean yeah that will bring it right to production yeah i'm thinking if they can cut it down that far they can still Mm -hmm. they can compete directly with aluminum and they can still make a bigger profit margin and and you know what i just completely 
glassed over that whole article. You know, there's a, there's a lot of really good info in there. It's it's at gizmodo.com. Mm-hmm. Again, and the title is Why is Carbon Fiber So Expensive? And it'll give you a, a kind of a 50-year history of why this stuff is, is so costly to create. Right. We are in the early pioneering days of this, this phase of material science, and I think it's pretty exciting. Scott, we were remiss, got a little bit of bad news. We were remiss, and we forgot to list some additional advantages of carbon fiber wheels. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the advantages, of course, is that they are not metal, so they're not subject to the same processes of degradation, which I can't believe we did we didn't talk about. Fair enough. We've got uh, we've got some stuff I still want to talk about. We're not uh, shouldn't we shouldn't shoot ourselves in the foot yet. We shouldn't shoot. No, ourselves no, no. In. We've got a lot of info to go still. <laughs> okay, well, uh, this part then. Um, so corrosion, for example, they're not going to corrode. Fair enough. And the second part, uh, fatigue. That would happen to a metal part, and that would be like a small repeated stress. We, you mentioned, you mentioned this earlier. Yeah. Uh, the carbon fiber wheels are not going to be as vulnerable to that um, because what's called their stress cycle is uh, is different to an aluminum stress cycle, and because of this difference, designers don't have to do what's called overbuilding. Like if you're working with an aluminum component of some sort, you have to build a bit over in order to make up for the stress cycle that you know is going to happen. So for a metal a metal rim, you may make it thicker than it needs to be because you're accounting for corrosion and um, damage of any kind, right? Exactly. So these are these are made to a tighter tolerance, I guess, and, uh, and knowing that they're not going to degrade or, or um, be worn in any kind of way, right? Yes. Okay, exactly. got it, got it. You know what, I've got it, quite a few of these different things. I, I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff I still want to cover here. We've got um, applications. We've got, you know, why, why they're good for the aftermarket. There's some concerns that people are talking about, which I do want to mention at the end. Okay. Um, but you know what, maybe this would be a good time to take another quick break for an ad. How about that? That's a great idea. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you 
straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we're back. All right. So we were talking about um, maybe some applications for this thing, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, we talked about exotics and race cars, but, you know, there's more to it than that. And, and these will be covered within this group that I'm going to mention here now. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's aftermarket, which is probably the biggest thing right now because they're shipping to people that already have, uh, you know, a Porsche, BMW M3, Audi R8 or whatever. So the aftermarket is big, right? And why would they want to choose a carbon fiber rim Versus, let's say, an aluminum rim. You know, besides the weight and you know, the, well, maybe not the cost because you know it's twice Jeez, as much, yeah. really. But um, the, the couple of reasons that they list on on Carbon Revolution site is that you know there's increased acceleration, there's also reduced stopping distance, improved steering, handling, and response, improved mechanical grip, reduced no, uh, road noise, and reduced fuel consumption. Now, fuel consumption is a big one because. You know, a lot of people, they either do it for, I guess it's not just, you know, for for lower weight, you know, like in mm-hmm. most race applications, but some people actually use this stuff for fuel economy, like for better fuel economy. Right. Um, manufacturers, yeah. I should say, you know, they, they lower the weight. You know, if you can replace that hood with a carbon fiber hood and it's going to uh, improve your fuel economy. Mm-hmm. Also improve performance. I understand that that's the trade-off, right? Well, well, let me let me just point out here: when we say improve fuel economy, we're not talking about a huge number. No, it's no, like six no, percent. No. It's it's less than six percent. Oh no, I would I would think okay, you're saying six. You probably have numbers that that are close to that, but I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it's more like two or three percent at it, best. It is two or three percent at best. Being kind. Okay, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I understand. That's fine. But you know, and that's if you have a roof and a hood and other components that are carbon right. fiber as but, well. But granted it does it does make a difference over the life cycle of the car. It absolutely does, and that's exactly why race teams use it is because it's durable it improves fuel economy, which is important during racing as well. Um, you know, because you know fewer pit stops. You know, you get farther on on a drop of fuel, which is less weight all around. That you have to carry. You know, it just has these mm-hmm. these gains that that kind of snowball, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way to all say right, it. All right, so so for the aftermarket world, it's a, it's more about appearance and being able to say you have a carbon fiber hood, I guess. Than <laughs> uh, do you really care if you're getting two percent better fuel economy in your Audi R8? Well, I, watch out, Scott. Some, I doubt it. Someone does though. Now, I'm I, sure there's you know, like one guy. Okay, probably somebody does but you know this aftermarket application you know there's a lot of good reasons to, to use these these rims so I understand these wheels so I understand so aftermarket is number one on the list I guess for for mm-hmm. applications uh, there's also OEM applications which is uh, original equipment manufacturers so um, you know like let's say that a manufacturer is actually putting these on cars right from the factory 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're building X number of vehicles with these, and it doesn't have to be performance vehicles. It could be any vehicles they want. Let's say they put it on the next uh, generation of hybrids. They put it on electric cars. Right. Um, I could see great applications for that. I mean, if a Tesla Roadster um, or a Tesla Model S has to put uh, mm-hmm. or it can put carbon fiber rims on the car and experience, they may even gain more. I guess equivalent MPGs than they would, uh, you know, with with aluminum or some other lightweight. That's a very interesting point there because it's something that they talk about as well with the OEM uh, equivalents. Uh, they they wrote this in a very clever way, Scott. I'm just going to run through this real quick. They said bolting on a set of Carbon Revolutions carbon fiber wheels is equivalent to, and I, I'm sure you saw this, adding horsepower to the engine, increasing the size of the brakes, fitting stickier tires. Upgrading suspension, adding more sound insulation, hmm. and uh, fuel savings. Which, what's clever about the way that's written is that they say it's like ha- it's like having bigger brakes. It's very ha- glass half full. I know? understand. Yeah, I get it. I mean, but, but those are all valid points. Like I, I looked into what they're saying, and it it is true. Some some of the advantages. Uh, are more significant than others. Well, when they say it's like having bigger brakes, they mean that there's reduced stopping distance. Exactly. And when they say that it, it's like adding horsepower, it means that the, the acceleration can be a little faster because there's less weight mm-hmm. to push yep. uh, or pull or whatever. So, yeah, I can understand how they're writing this. I mean, it's like, oh, and it also works this way. And it's like <laughs> the it's a list of the same things just worded a little bit different, right? Okay, so I get that. And we talked about motorsports as well. Sure. And I don't know how much more we have to go into that, but... Of course, there's mainly performance benefits in that in that arena, I guess, but uh, they're also more efficient. And you know, of course, lighter race cars, less fuel. We talked about that too, yep. so that's important. Um, another one that you know is is a really good application, I think, is aerospace. It's not only lightweight and really really strong, um, but a lot of a lot of uh, like aerospace tech engineers have been saying, you know, like let's. Let's replace panels with this. And I think uh, there's an article here somewhere that I've got, and I, I cannot find it. But um, I think they're replacing some panels, exterior panels, on the Airbus A380, I think was the number. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, don't quote me on that one for sure, but I think okay. it's the A380 that uh, they're replacing some panels with carbon fiber for you know additional weight savings over aluminum. So... Um, there's not only that, but I think they're talking about these these rims. You know that they can put them on on airplanes. And of course, can you imagine how much a, an airplane rim weighs? Even if it's aluminum, it's going right. to be forty to fifty percent heavier than the carbon fiber equivalent. You've piqued my interest because this was a question I was going to ask you at the end. I still mm-hmm. have a couple of questions, but okay. this is this is one I want to ask you right now. What do you think about carbon fiber space shuttles? Like, what do you, uh, I think that that is, if it's possible, I think that's the next huge step. Could be. Yeah. They, I think they would still have to have those heat shields, right? The, uh, the, the, uh, the, the plates or the, what do you call those? The, right. The tiles. The tiles. That's the it. ceramic tiles. Yeah, well, correct. Yeah. Uh, I think you are probably right for now, but what if there was a, because when we talk carbon fiber, it's all about getting the, the fiber strands to somehow obey, like herding those cats together. Mm-hmm. And then it's all about the type of resin, which is closely guarded You're at different times. absolutely right. So it depends on the type of technology that they use to bind all that together, right? Yeah, so we just need like a ceramic tile resin, and then boom, we have solved space exploration. Not a bad idea, Ben. Well, do, okay, so do you think it's viable? I, I don't see why not. 
I don't see why not. I mean, there's advancements made in that all the time, but I just wonder how they would, you know, again, how would they bind those, uh, those, those pieces of cloth together to make a, a, a shuttle that wouldn't burn up on reentry? And how expensive would it be to figure all that out? Ah, that's the big one. That's, uh, you know, the development time, the lead up time, and then yeah. who's going to be the first one to, to try that? I'll do it. Okay. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, but, yeah, so, all right. So we're talking aerospace, and mm. uh, that's a fantastic idea, by the way. Um, we should also talk military tank applications. Correct. And they're talking about um, not only you know developing these all new technologies, you know, for aerospace and military, but uh, you know, retrofitting what's already out there, so that you know you're saving weight. You know, you've got these giant engines and these things, and maybe they can, uh, you know, maybe they can just become that much more efficient if they can reduce the weight in other ways. So that you know, mm-hmm. that, who would think to reduce weight on the wheels? I mean, that's kind of a standard. Like you know, that here's our landing gear. It just it just weighs this much, and that's it. It just does. Yeah. End of story. Right. So um, if they can reduce weight that way, and I'm talking about a lot of weight, um, you know, even more efficiency for them, you know, and that goes for cargo carriers, uh, passenger jets, military jets, whatever. But uh, there's so, a, no, no, just as yeah, uh, no, well, one more. Okay. Um, if you have something to say about aerospace, get it out now because I'm moving on. Oh, no, no. No, I, no, okay. I've said my piece. All right. Industrial <laughs> is the last one. So right. we're talking like heavy trucks, semis, tractor trailers. This is a fantastic idea because. Weight savings times eighteen, or mm-hmm. even more than that. I mean, you've yeah. seen these giant trucks with uh, with thirty wheels on them, right? Yes. So you can imagine the savings in the. Uh, um, uh, I'm guessing that a lot of those are steel wheels right now, mm-hmm. and uh, those are really really heavy. I mean, we're not, we're talking a tremendous savings, way more than forty to fifty percent. Yeah, locomotives um, would be a similar thing. That, oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. Because we we actually went and uh, hung out. <laughs> in a train yard recently. Yeah, we did. And, uh, man, those things are big, aren't they? Yeah, those are huge. You don't have much of an appreciation for just how big a locomotive is until you're standing on or next to or, you know, climbing mm-hmm. around one. And we, I don't know, we had a good day that day. Yeah, uh, that was we, fun. we, uh, hate that to be vague. That was a really vague. fun day. Uh, that was, that was a great day. Uh, we hate to be vague, but we will have more <laughs> information about that when the, by the time this comes out, check on our Facebook. And then, um, also, the way we need to end this is that, Although carbon fiber is clearly exciting and is clearly going to be um, a material that we'll only hear more about in the future, it is not without concern. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a few things that people will initially jump to and say that you know, like we mentioned that you know, there, it's really only strong in one direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that there's this other direction that if it's if it's struck in just the right way or the wrong way, I guess, um, but it becomes really brittle, like almost like glass if it's impacted at this at this wrong angle. So, what do you do about that? Well, I don't have answers to these, by the way. These are just concerns that people have brought up. Um, the other thing is that, you know, we mentioned this already. They don't bend first, so it's not like a metal rim where, you know, if you hit a pothole and, you know, suddenly you're, you can feel the steering's off. Yeah, a little no bit. warning dents. No, nothing like that. It's, uh, it's suddenly, it's just kind of gone. I mean, you can see some motorcycle wheels that have, that have disintegrated. Um, I, I'm thinking that, you know, these single piece designs are a little better, a little better than that, I would hope. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen the testing. I know, I know the, that they go through rigorous ISO testing and, uh, you know, that they're, you know, Approved as as far as what manufacturers approve, and uh, you know so current wheels and whatever they're required to have to be on the road right now. Um, I know that you know that they're meeting those standards or exceeding those standards. So and there really shouldn't be much of a worry there. It's just the material itself is so um, it's it's new. It's it's kind of you, you don't exactly know how it's going to behave in every situation. I know they do. 
we don't out here. I mean, we can't be assured of that, right? Right. There is one thing that I don't know too much about yet, and I'm, I'm hoping to learn more about this soon. Uh, remember, ca- carbon nanotubes have generated some criticism because people are concerned that they might be carcinogenic. Hmm, okay. I don't know if that applies at all to carbon fiber. I, I, I don't think, think so. so. These are sealed in. These are completely sealed in. That's what I was uh, thinking. The, the resin, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a glossy material that you're looking at. I mean, it's mm. not like it's a uh, it's a raw material that that, you know, the powder comes off in your fingers or anything. Right, it's not like getting to the atmosphere. You're not in you're not inhaling that material. I think that the danger would be at the factory if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that they they create it and it, that's another part of the manufacturing process, you know, these massive machines that they have. They have to be um environmentally sound as well. Uh, because of you know the acrylics that come off of them and all kinds of different uh, really nasty chemicals. That, and those would be the health precautions that people have to take in any manufacturing plants, e- right? Exactly right. Yeah, it's nothing unusual for this. I mean, they've got to they've got to figure out what they need for their specific processes. So, um, and a couple more concerns, yeah. just real quick, is that you know a lot of comments uh, that I've seen about these wheels are suggesting that maybe forged magnesium is maybe a better way to go for strength and lightness. But mm-hmm. again, that's, it's just what you're willing to, to uh, risk, I guess, because, you know, here's the newest technology. You're going to go for it or you're going to stick with, uh, you know, these forged magnesium wheels, which are light, really, really lightweight, really strong, but they're kind of tough to come by. They're pretty exotic as of right now. I mean, and they always have been. Um, and the last thing maybe, and this is kind of an odd one. I've seen it mentioned that carbon fiber is a poor heat conductor. Uh, so, you know, like if you've got really, really hot brakes, let's say that you're, uh, you're in a racing application or you're sure. driving an exotic and they, they heat up quickly. Yeah. The brakes wouldn't dissipate the heat as fast as they normally would with a, with a comparable aluminum wheel, uh, because that heat transfers itself to the aluminum wheel, which is then cooled by the air, you know, as it moves through the air. Huh. So the carbon fiber wheels won't do that the same way. Um, the brakes will remain hot longer. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that's something that has to be thought about if they're, they're going to engineer vehicles with carbon fiber wheels. So mm-hmm. that applies to all cars. I mean, when we're talking about, let's say that it's even somebody driving through the mountains in, you know, the uh, the family caravan or whatever. Um, you know, the, there are all the signs that tell you not to use your brakes. You should downshift instead. And, you know, mm-hmm. but if you do get your brakes too hot, are they going to stay hotter longer and create a dangerous situation with a carbon fiber wheel versus a metal wheel? You know, I completely didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm horrified at my negligence. All that stuff's connected, so you just have to think about where the heat goes. And, as always, we've got those concerns, those are reasonable, and that last one's very interesting. But, you know us, Scott, we don't ever end on a low note. We like to end on a high note, and last time we described the company's wheel output for what they call their CR9 model, mm-hmm. um, we said that the company can make about four wheels per day, but in about a year, they're thinking they're going to up that number to 100 wheels per day. That's a significant increase in production. That's going to uh, that's going to be really big for them. Yeah, I, I hope they make it. And I, I was hoping that we could also end on a quotation from Carbon Revolution themselves. There are definitely other players out there. Ashley Demme, the design director, says... They are not as advanced as us, but I have no doubt that once we pave the way, they will be fast followers. Hmm. They might be following on cargo wheels. Interesting. Yeah, they just might be. So uh, this is going to wrap up our uh, episode on the future of carbon fiber wheels. We hope that you guys enjoy them. And as always, of course, if you are lucky enough to own a pair, uh, or own a set, rather. A full set. Yeah. Or one. There might be somebody who said, well, how much for one? (laughs) 
<laughs> Possibly, yeah. That would be me. Um, then let us know. Uh, drop us a line on Facebook. You can also give us topic suggestions on Twitter. And you can drop us a line directly at our email address. And that's carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 